Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we'll unlock the book Pour Your Heart Into It, How Starbucks Built a Company One Cup at a Time. In 1982, a young American man named Howard Schultz left his decent well-paid job in New York to work for a small coffee business in Seattle called Starbucks. It only had five stores back then, but it ignited Schultz's passion. It was in his nature that he always wanted to pour his heart into the things he loved. He found this passion at Starbucks and decided to transform that passion into a great career. By 1987, Schultz had worked his way up to CEO of Starbucks. In the next decade, Schultz and a group of smart experienced managers brought Starbucks from a local business with just six stores and less than 100 partners to a company that operates over 30,000 locations in more than 70 countries of early 2020. Starbucks' green siren logo has almost become a symbol of the American lifestyle, frequently shown in TV and film. Since the 1990s, Starbucks has introduced new social norms to society. In many communities, Starbucks shops have become an indispensable third place, an extension of everyday work and life where people can get together and chat. Why did Starbucks become legendary? The book that we are going to unlock today Pour Your Heart Into It tells the history of Starbucks development. It's a memoir by Howard Schultz, former CEO and now Chairman Emeritus of Starbucks. From an insider's point, he recounts how Starbucks developed from a local business to a multinational enterprise one cup at a time. During the decades when he worked at Starbucks, Schultz never shied away from challenges but kept revolutionizing and updating his ideas at critical times. Eventually, he became the legend behind Starbucks' success. His career experience can inspire us to be bold enough to pursue our dreams. If you pour your heart into what you are doing or anything worth fighting for, you may realize your dream that seems impossible to others and thus live a meaningful life. This book was co-written by Howard Schultz, former CEO and now Chairman Emeritus of Starbucks, and Dory Jones-Yang. It is the first of Schultz's four books, three of which are about Starbucks growth. One of them is Onward, How Starbucks Fought for Its Life Without Losing Its Soul. USA Today once called Schultz the Bill Gates of the coffee business. The other co-author Dory Yang is an American author and journalist. She once worked for Business Week first as an international business editor in New York, and then as a bureau manager in Hong Kong and Seattle. Up next, we'll introduce this book in the following three parts. Part 1, Rediscovering Coffee. Part 2, Reinventing the Coffee Experience. Part 3, Renewing the Entrepreneurial Spirit. Let's begin with how Schultz rediscovered coffee. Schultz grew up in a federally subsidized housing project in Brooklyn, New York. It was an area of poverty and indignity where nobody would want to stay for life. Thankfully for Schultz, he got the opportunity to go to college on a football scholarship. After graduation, he obtained a job at the sales department of Xerox and took a popular training course to learn sales skills. Going forward, he put all of his effort into his work and sharpened his skills. By six years after graduation, he'd become quite successful with his career, living in a nice house and enjoying a high salary. Everything looked perfect. But if that were the end of the story, 
the Starbucks company that we now know of today would never have existed. In 1981, Schultz left Xerox and started to work for a Swedish kitchenware manufacturer as general manager of its U.S. subsidiary. This was when he noticed something unusual. A coffee retailer with only four small stores was placing orders for a coffee maker in quantities larger than Macy's, one of the biggest American department store chains. This coffee retailer was Starbucks. So, Schultz went to Seattle and investigated Starbucks' flagship store and roasting plant. He discovered the Starbucks store was modest yet full of character. It had a narrow storefront with a solo violinist playing Mozart at its entrance. Inside the store, the aroma of coffee was strong and inviting, bins containing coffees from all over the world were lined behind the counter, and the barista performed his coffee-making task almost like an artisan. Schultz was instantly captivated. He took a small sip of the coffee and noticed it was stronger than any coffee he had ever tasted before. Furthermore, he discovered that Starbucks sold dark roasted whole beans, which emitted a wonderful aroma when grounded. Schultz was totally enamored. He thought to himself, if this place captured his heart and imagination, then it would surely captivate others as well. Therefore, he decided to join Starbucks. At the time, Starbucks stood for great coffee and its enchanting dark roasting process. Though Starbucks' business was unavoidably influenced by the ups and downs of the economy, its founders and partners always stuck to their beliefs and never sacrificed quality even when they sustained losses. It was such a spirit that captivated Schultz the most. He spent a year persuading Starbucks' original founders and executives to hire him as he had decided to devote his career to Starbucks. Nevertheless, Schultz had different ideas about the future of Starbucks. He was apparently not satisfied with just a few stores in Seattle. He wanted to bring Starbucks from a niche brand to widespread popularity, opening dozens or even hundreds of stores along the West Coast, across America, and even in Canada. He envisioned that Starbucks would become synonymous for great coffee, a brand that would guarantee world-class quality. In the interview, he passionately talked about his plans and vision for Starbucks, but he was nevertheless turned down. The original founders refused Schultz's offer because his ideas would have brought too much change to Starbucks, which was just not the vision they had for it. Schultz was disheartened. He believed so much in the future of Starbucks that he couldn't accept no as a final answer. So the next day, he mustered his confidence and called Jerry Baldwin who was then the president of Starbucks. He told Baldwin that the destiny of Starbucks was at stake and a professional marketing manager like him was critical for its growth. Schultz eventually persuaded Baldwin and got the job as the director of retail operations and marketing. One year after Schultz joined Starbucks, he went to Italy on a business trip. It was there where he first encountered an Italian-style espresso bar. Totally fascinated by the romantic atmosphere, he witnessed the powerful charm that coffee held for people. So he wanted to bring the Italian coffee spirit back to America, hoping to change the way Americans drank coffee. However, his idea was rejected by the owners of Starbucks. They thought Starbucks was just a retailer of coffee beans, not a restaurant or bar that serves beverages. They were afraid that serving espresso would dilute the integrity of what they envisioned the mission of a coffee store to be. Besides, at the time Starbucks had just acquired Pete's Coffee and Tea and was in debt, leaving them no extra money to expand and innovate. 
Schultz didn't give up after this frustration. He spent another year successfully persuading Baldwin to open an independent espresso bar. There was no advertising campaign for the new place, they just simply opened the doors. On the first day, about 400 customers entered the store, which was a much higher amount than the average customer count at Starbucks' best-performing bean stores. Within two months, the store was serving 800 customers a day. Everything seemed to be going great, but Baldwin called it off. He didn't want to go forward with this experiment, arguing that serving espresso was contradictory to Starbucks' core value of selling quality coffee beans. Schultz and Baldwin had a heated fight, and neither was convinced. In the end, Schultz chose to leave Starbucks and open his own espresso bar Il Giornale. Before leaving Starbucks, Schultz was actually torn between remaining loyal to Starbucks and launching an espresso bar himself. Eventually, he realized that he had to seize the chance. He thought to himself, if I don't seize the opportunity, if I don't step out of my comfort zone and risk it all, if I let too much time tick on, my moment will pass. After a lot of hard work raising investments, Il Giornale opened its first store on April 8, 1986. Almost 300 customers visited on the first day. Within six months, Il Giornale served a record 1,000 customers a day. The tiny 700-square-foot store became one of the most popular gathering places in Seattle's central business district. And just six months after the opening of its first location, Il Giornale opened another store in the Seattle Trust Tower. For the third store, Il Giornale went international, choosing a site in Vancouver, Canada. In March 1987, Schultz got the opportunity of his life. The founders and partners of Starbucks decided to sell all their Seattle stores, the roasting plant, and the name Starbucks, keeping only the assets of Pete's. Schultz was determined to grab the opportunity and acquire Starbucks. He and his financier prepared an offering and distributed it to Il Giornale's investors. Then, he went to his board and ran the plan past them. Everything seemed smooth so far. However, something unexpected happened. Schultz got news that one of his investors was preparing a separate plan to buy Starbucks. This investor was intending to reduce Schultz from a founder and major shareholder to just an employee and build a board under his control. Schultz's life's work was at stake. In the next two days, Schultz met other investors and told them that every investor in Il Giornale would have a chance to invest in the purchase of Starbucks. The plan would be fair to all of them. It was a plan that would not benefit big investors at the expense of smaller ones. Therefore, Schultz won the support of his investors. Within weeks, he and his team managed to raise the $3.8 million needed to buy Starbucks. Schultz who at one time was rejected by Starbucks now became its owner. The Starbucks corporation that we know of today is actually Il Giornale. It changed its name to Starbucks Corporation after it acquired Starbucks in 1987. Since then, Starbucks has become the coffee brand that we are familiar with today. So how did Schultz manage the coffee shop that awoke his passion? Let's move on to the second part. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.